Here's a question from Zambia. Can you explain 1 Corinthians 14 verses 34 and 35? What does the Bible say about women keeping silence in churches? Because I have searched from the Bible commentary, and it seems that women are supposed to preach in the church, but according to the Bible they should keep silence. I'm not saying they are to be quite like dumb people, but they should let the man be the leaders, and they are to be suitable helpers, according to Genesis 2 and verse 18. And I understand that we are equal in Christ. There is no Jew, male or female. We are one in Christ. Can you explain to me what I am missing and what God means when he talks this way in 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35? Well, perhaps, Victor, before you go into answer that, I ought to just read that text yes, yes, so that we do. can all put ourselves into context. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 34 and 35. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Quite a mouthful, Victor. Quite a mouthful, but uh, you know, it's a passage I used to tease my sister with when we were younger, and I, I still occasionally tease my wife because um, she doesn't keep silence in church. Um, but we do need to look at it kind of seriously and understand what Paul is, is trying to say here and, and who Paul is writing to, because that's actually the only way to understand this text. Corinth was probably the worst church on earth to pastor. They, they were a horrible congregation. They, they were a minister's nightmare. They had all sorts of problems, full of awkward personalities. There was divisions. There were splits there. You know, even when they came to the communion service, they would have a kind of agape feast and the, the rich would eat at one end of the room and the poor would starve at the other and um, you know there was no common table in, in the middle. Compassionate Christianity was, was almost non-existent. So when you actually read this letter of First Corinthians, there's some beautiful stuff in there, First Corinthians 13, where he talks about love, but there's also some very, very hard-hitting words that Paul says to those, those folk there. Thankfully, those words worked and, and the church in Corinth became a much nicer place. And 1 Corinthians 14 comes in the middle of a discussion on spiritual gifts and then how those spiritual gifts should be used in worship. Now, that section on spiritual gifts actually starts in chapter 11 and goes through to 14. And in chapter 11, verse 5, it's very clear that women have a non-silent role in the church because they're allowed to pray and they're allowed to prophesy. Um, as long, again, within the cultural context, that their their heads are covered and their their hair is braided appropriately. Uh, and then in other parts of Paul's writings, you know, in, in Romans and um, in 1 Corinthians 16 and, and in Acts 16, we find that there were women in the church in Paul's time that Paul was friends with, that Paul commended, that had leadership roles. There, there was Phoebe, who seems to be a church elder in, in her church, Priscilla, who worked with Aquila, the two of them together as a team ministry, uh, and then Lydia in, in Philippi, one of the churches that Paul actually liked the most, a very loving church. And, and Lydia seemed to be one of the, the first leaders of that community. So, so there was a role for women in leadership within the, um, the first century Christian church. How do we then put that together with the fact that, it's very plain here, thus saith the Lord, women should keep silent in church? Well, looking at 1 Corinthians 14 and the whole chapter there, Paul is concluding this instruction on spiritual gifts 
with very practical advice on keeping reverence and order in the church. Remember, this is a church that's been a rabble, and part of the um, dysfunction of the church was actually the way they held their services, and people felt they had a spiritual gift, they had to share it. So if I prophesy, I'm going to prophesy, even if you've got the gift of singing at the same time, and, and Brother X over there has got the gift of prayer, and you'd have 20 or 30 people maybe, all doing their own thing, all at the same time, and uh, if you walked in there, you'd think it was a mental asylum rather than a church service. And Paul's saying, you know, it's fantastic that you've got these gifts, but let's get the thing in order so that everything can be done to the glory of God. What's the point in you prophesying if nobody's listening to you because they're busy doing their own thing? And so he's saying, yes, you know, let's sing one at a time. Let's give some instruction one at a time and, and so on. So that in, in verse 26 there he says, we can build up the church together. And then by verse 34, he's ready to deal with the issue that seems perhaps best resolved by, by reading that same text that you read in a modern paraphrase. And, and let's just read it from the Message Bible. Maybe you've got it there, Ray. Yes, I do have it here. And let me have a quick read of that. Wives must not disrupt worship, talking when they should be listening, asking questions that could be more appropriately asked of their husbands at home. God's book of the law guides our manners and customs here. Wives have no license to use the time of worship for unwarranted speaking. Okay, so when we look at it in that kind of modern paraphrase, at face value the text appears to say women must keep silent in church, but a little deeper study leads to the conclusion that women should behave properly in church, as should men, earlier in the chapter, you know, goes to, to both sides there. They shouldn't all be talking at once. They, they shouldn't be asking inappropriate questions that maybe they can ask later on and then it's not going to disrupt the worship service, maybe things that they could sort out at home. It's really all a part of Paul's efforts that everything should be done decently and in order, which is his conclusion at the end of the chapter. So to summarize it then, we're not saying women must keep silent. We're saying women, as well as men, must behave reverently in church, must do things in order. God isn't a God of confusion, he's a God of order. Let's work together so that our worship services are meaningful and are positive, whether it's a woman standing at the front or a man. Um, whoever's participating in the service, let the glory go to God and not to a human being. Thank you for that, Victor, and you've answered that so clearly that uh, I think I'll keep silent now. 